0: You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn, and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the Quantum Leap?
1: Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club. I'm your host, Parisha, and my co-hosts are with me this week. We have again Marianne Love from Melbourne, Australia. Trina Cooper from Denver, Colorado. We have Rosemary who is actually in Frankfurt, Germany, and this is the middle of her night, so we're grateful that she's with us. Joyce Mullenhauer from Arizona. We have uh, De- Geraldine dalby from Melbourne, um, Sydney. I'll get the cities right here. Sydney, Australia. And we have we usually have with us Mike Delar, but he's traveling tonight, so we won't have his company with us. And uh, so we're going to talk this week about the quantum U. We're in Dr. Joe Dispenza's book called Actually Breaking the Habit of Being Ourselves. So let us begin with that, with chapter one. I want to say a few things. I love it how Joe actually starts out with actually asking the question, can I use my mind to create my reality? I think those of us who have been in spiritual pursuit, as well as this has become the way we live and have our being, is that that's an ever-evolving question for us. That as we begin to do the search and we come to a certain place, we feel we have our answers, but those answers take us to a million other questions. And we continue to pursue and go deeper and deeper into that consciousness state. And as we do that, we evolve to be Something that you probably never would have believed possible even in a very early part of your life when our imagination and our attachment to the reality of what life is. That means when we were children, when we could play, we could imagine and we could see and we we understood and knew things we couldn't express. We return to that as our consciousness grows that we have experiences that we don't know how to put into words, or we attempt to put it into words and find out how flat and how not, not expressing it is of what we're trying to say. So I've learned in my 80 years that actually the evolving of our spirituality is something that we cannot express in words or share, but that when we're talking to people who have had experience then the connection of communication is made. Doesn't mean you don't talk to people who are not exactly the same place as you are. It just means it's easier because there's less to be said. And in the less to be said, each of us know what the other's trying to say. And that just becomes the reality. It's not a status symbol or anything else. It's just a reality that trying to desperately communicate and want people to feel and experience what you've just expressed. Okay, is it possible? They have to arrive there. And Joe brings us very close to understanding that as we explore the quantum physics, that's now become very, very much aware in mainstream society as well. We're actually way past that into what was once upon a time called string theory, but now has evolved to black hole to the black hole theory, to where we are all black holes, and that we're expressing from that place to where we have the all-knowing state. I have learned very much how to really appreciate the fact that people around me have said for a very long time, we are the universe, we are the field. And uh, I would think to myself, what do they mean by the field? You are the field. Well, it means that we are all those things and within us exists all those things. Can you imagine the intelligence that was involved in creating our physical body and our physical existence? Can you even begin to fathom the quality and the very nature of a beings or intelligences that actually has the capability of being that creator? Well, we know we have come to see a lot more awareness of the reality of that. But are we ready to entertain ourselves on equal ground to that? Are we willing to actually identify ourselves as co-creators? Meaning, creating exactly what we say we are. And when we say that we are the field, are you expansive enough? Have you reached at least some place to where you can fathom that even for a split second, that when you look up to the stars, you're looking at yourself. When you look at the full moon, you're looking at yourself. When you look at the vastness of the ocean, you're looking at yourself. When you feel the winds and the power of the winds blowing against your face and your hair, that's you. When the rain touches us. That's us. Can you truly begin to allow yourself to experience that? Because that is the very nature and the goal of being consciously conscious. And as we do that, we have to then begin to kind of peel the layers off ourselves, like peeling an onion, that one layer after another of the resistance to that or the override of that that has taken place in your years of exposure and experience in a world that does not have that particular kind of perspective. So we're really at this point in time and as far as humanity's development, we are really in that phase of consciousness to where we are taking away the layers of suppression and ignorance. And through the quantum field and the quantum knowledge, along with Planck and all of the other particular scientific windows that are opening for us to see and understand, then we become more and more aware of ourselves. But understand this, you are still locked and jaded in your mind and your thoughts as to what was and what is and what you allow to stay present with. It is an active and and very determined action that one must take to obtain that. It will not come natural. What will come natural is the state that you have been in for the majority of your life. So it is the unnatural state of you changing that and being habitually on it and repetitively doing it until it becomes an override to what is usual. And that's what we're going to be doing as we discuss what we've got from the book that we're reading and what Dr. Dispenza has actually put in these pages, which along with a lot more of other wonderful crusading scientists that are actually giving us more and more to put into that. So let's begin to explore that. And as we move forward this week, let us begin to allow ourselves to change, to integrate, to actually become what we're reading. We're going to start with um, Marianne Love in Melbourne. Marianne, you want to give us a start on Chapter 1, The Quantum You?
2: Sure. Um, I just love this work. It's just so liberating, and, I, and it can be applied to anybody. Like just looking at the clients that I work with, I realize that so many of us are affected by the past and that that past continues to predict the future just because the thoughts are still stuck on that. And, and Joe here describes it really well, how we, regardless of your past, you can really change to any reality because we can put into our future, we can imagine a new future, and that in that we can create the reality. And so he starts to take us through some of the sciences. Like it, it kind of makes sense why we haven't come to this is because we've been taught in history that mind and matter are very separate. The original sciences actually separated them out. So actually set us up for powerlessness in a way because we didn't realise that our thoughts determined then our future and what we created. And even Newtonian physics um, backed up the same thoughts, that things are solid. But it was only when we got into looking at atoms and their actual makeup the subatomic universe we actually realized and with newton bringing in you know the m uh, equals mc squared like intrinsically combining matter and energy was really a game game changer in the sciences Um, and joe describes this really well and sets us up i think for success um, in order to be able to change our reality so just at a base level if everything is energy and then what we observe then causes a wave to become a solid particle, then in fact we're always creating our reality, always um, manifesting. It's not always necessarily conscious, but we're still doing it anyway. So, you know, it can look like we're not responsible for the things that are happening around us, and yet if how we think manifests something from a wave to a particle, then we're responsible for everything going on around us actually. Which is massive game changer, really, and I love the fact that it means that regardless of your history, regardless of how much you've gone through, we're all in. The, we all have the same instrument. We've got the same tool, so we can turn this around equally. It, like grandmother said, though, it, it's the work. We have to be ahead of ourselves. We have to put the the focus in. We have to give that the time to change the neurons and to make matter become solid in the way that we want it to that's that's work particularly if the neural networks and the wiring of the past is heavy in some emotional charge and negative beliefs and things like you, you know got to put the focus in okay
1: very very good excellent in fact thank you very very much now we go to denver and see what trina has to offer
3: yeah this is this is a place where you may want to get the book I would encourage people because he's got a lot of graphics in there that are great to follow along with. And in this particular piece, he's talking about the structures of the atoms and quantum, and you need to be open because so many of us learned over time that um, the atom was basically a little nucleus with protons and neutrons, and it had electrons going around it. And they even created a periodic chart by the number that they had in it. And, Everything was focused on the material. And then all of a sudden, quantum jumps in and the quantum sciences, when they started looking at it, they were like, wait a minute, this is not what we thought it was. And did you ever ask yourself, what's in that space between the electrons and the the nucleus that's in the atom? And you realize that it's made up of space. And if everything around us is made up of these atoms, but the atoms are mainly space, then we're looking at it going, wait a minute, we're seeing something physical, but what's physical really is a no thing. It's got nothing in there. It's 99.9999% space or energy and 0.0001 particles. And so in this, Joe begins to talk to us about the, um, About the new quantum theories, and and uh, he gets into it a little bit deeper in the book. But basically, what science is now seeing is that when someone observes, when they're the observer and they're looking at the electrons, the electrons appear to pop in and out. And they went, "Wait a minute! We thought these things were matter. We thought they were solid, doing something. Well, really, they look like a a cloud around the the nucleus." And so. They're like, well, what makes them appear and what makes them disappear? All these questions come up because why, when you look at it, does one suddenly appear and then all of a sudden it pops out. And so what science is beginning to understand is that this is, these are particles that become present when there's an observer, but they go back into a field of potentiality when no one's observing. So they pop in and out they don't behave, the subatomic world does not behave like um, the regular Newtonian physics. Like if a tree falls over, it's gonna, gravity is gonna pull it down, it's gonna land and hit where instead a, um, an electron does what the observer is looking at and it'll pop in and out. And that brings up so many questions because if this is going on all the time and it's influenced by an observer, Then, what's really going on here? The attention and the energy of the observer actually um, creates a collapse of the wave of energy into a form, into a particle, and that's the essence that Joe wants us to understand: is that our minds, when we think, we're energy. It's electric. It's magnetic. We have an electromagnetic pulse that comes from us, and We sense these things all the time. So, when we walk into a room, we immediately begin to feel what's going on in the room without anyone saying anything, without them moving. And why is that? It's because we are emitting this electric, electromagnetic force. And that electric, electromagnetic force is based on how we're thinking and how we're feeling at that particular moment. So, what science is beginning to see is the fact that our minds, the way we think and the way we feel creates a state of being. And that state of being has an influence on the external world. So if we're constantly thinking that we are not healthy, that we are poor, that we're sad, we're going to draw more of that to us. We're going to focus on that. Those little electrons are going to pop up. They're going to condense down into particles and we're going and we're going to manifest in this world exactly what we don't necessarily want. Where if our resonance is that we're happy and we're wealthy and we can see that and we can feel that and we get excited about it, then those are the kinds of things that get drawn into us. And so that's kind of the, the piece um, that I wanted to cover tonight because you have a potential to do more than what you realize. And when you consciously do it, then um, you can create the world that you want when you create that state of being.
1: That's fantastic, Trina. Fantastic. I want to make a suggestion, Deb, our engineer, I would like you to actually cut that piece and make sure that Trina gets a copy of that. And Trina, I ask you to please serve the greater good of what we do as Nuwati. And when you go on that wonderful cruise to Europe, I would definitely ask you to please prepare a further in, in presentation of what you just did. Help those traveling with you to maximize the experience of time, space and travel that they're doing. And mm-hmm. if you present that at the beginning of this cruise and this time of exploring, you will definitely make sure they take home 80% more than they would have anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's time that you show people what you you are and the teacher that you are. Understand? I yes. So I commend very much for you to do that. Let's see. Let's see that. I and please record it because I would love to put it on my website. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, Thank you. Okay. So we're going to move on now to Joyce Mullenhauer, who's sitting out here in Arizona, someplace in our beautiful sunshine. Where are you at, Joyce? Yes. Uh, my experience with working
4: with this section was I got considering the word ponder because I found myself saying, I am pondering all of this information. And so I I looked up the definition of ponder. And it's making a sort of thinking something through deeply, and then either coming to a conclusion or coming to some more questions. So this is kind of the exercise I had when I was studying these. Now, this particular section on the observer effect Include some experiments so that science is proving for any of the doubters or anybody who just can't possibly fathom there can be truth in this the ex- scientific experiments prove it clearly now the heart math institute has got some amazing equipment and they have done studies for a good number of years and are very credentialed so the one that they did do they actually proved that with positive emotions, the heart rhythms stayed very coherent. So this is such a key thing for anyone who has any heart dysfunction. And with negative emotions, then the heart is not able to be coherent. So that's huge all by itself. If we could get that piece of information out to the world, maybe heart disease would have a transformation immediately. Then, then, <laughs> then they also talked about uh, some studies that were done with DNA. And this just always intrigues me because to try and picture our DNA being such a minute, tiny particle, part of our being, is something that I'm still trying to get a grasp on. But, and, and so they suspended, uh, and they had people holding vials of DNA in deionized water. And I had to look up deionized. And that meant there was no sodium, calcium, iron, anything that would interfere and could be considered the reason for what happened. So the people holding these vials, one group was told to be totally focused on emotions. And these people were expert at this because these are heart math uh, trained people. So they, they did that skillfully another group was told to just focus on the intention of having the DNA affected. And they did this. Well, those two groups, no change happened. Well, the third group concentrated both on the emotional impact and on the intention. And lo and behold, about 25% of them had changes in the DNA. I was intrigued that they had some of them focus on the DNA unwinding and they had some <laughs> having it wound up more. So they really went into detail on this, but there was a very different difference in it. So that's pretty much where I got with this, that I started to recognize this isn't just something we talk about. This has been
1: proven. Wonderful, choice. Very, very good, definitely. Uh, and now we're gonna go to Rosemary Higher out there in uh, Germany. Are you awake,
5: Rosemary? Yes, I am awake. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, well, this is, I, I can only follow what all of you said. This is, for me, the most important or exciting part of this book. Besides the practices, we have to do it. And um, the field is not empty. It is an intelligent. And and, and uh, we call it uh, the quantum field, or he calls it the quantum field. And And Einstein actually said that every material... Saying or reality is trapped light, you know? And I think it's not only trapped light, it's trapped love maybe. And, um, uh, you know, if you just take a moment to look up from your computer and look around, you see furniture, right? Or you see a window or you see a tree, where is the energy? I mean, that is really the part where we need to get to, but we don't get to it by our senses. We get to it in, uh, by moving beyond our senses. And what I really found important is, that um, this energy is not out there. It is really in us. As grandmother said, we are it too. It is in us and it's instantaneously receiving and giving information through frequency. So the field is not only out there, which we need to access, it is in us. So, if we want to experience wealth, for example, we focus on that frequency of information with our thoughts, our focus, our intention, our feelings, and our focus will then be matched by the one that is in all things, this universal intelligence. That's how simple it is, right? Mm Thoughts are electric energy and emotions are magnetic energy, and they are both attracting. Uh, that what you want. This is that we have to move beyond the passive victimhood and hoping and wishing that something might change and really become the driver in our seat. And um, I like to share a little bit my experience I had with this. Uh, One of the most important things I really had, and he's speaking about that, that this quantum field is not just only universal all over everywhere, but it's also personal. And I experienced actually a slight moment a split second of that energy being personal knowing me, knowing you, being me, being you. And it was such, such an ecstatic moment of love, of universal love. And that's what really that quantum field is. It is universal love. The space around you is not empty. It is full of love and potential. And when I used the walking meditation to attract a trip to Egypt with grandmother Perisha one time into my reality. And I remember very clearly, that's what Dr. Joe also said, that I had to get out of my old identity, my analytical mind of how I'm gonna figuring this out to make this happen. And that I was really at a very high frequency And I let go and surrendered. And there was no concern, not at all, about the how. I was not myself. I was out of myself, literally. Just being in the now, which was my future, being in Egypt. And I was charged so much one time. I did that several times. that When I opened my eyes, a deer stood right in front of me and looked at me very curiously and was not moving away. What had happened to me that this deer was standing there? What kind of energy did I expose? What kind of frequency did that I send out? I was nobody. I was only highly elevated intelligence. And the deer wanted to be with that. And the moment my analytical mind came in and said, oh, a deer, it went away. And by the way, I did work it out and I did make that trip. It is possible when you move into that realm and when you become that consciously, you can create anything. Thank you.
1: Okay, cool. So let's move ahead with that. Let's talk to, uh, yes, I've already talked to Rosemary. Let's talk to Geraldine dalby Wall there in Sydney, Australia. Hello.
6: Hello. Hello, everyone, all over the world. And this sort of leads into it because this bit of the book is telling us about space and time and and key element of that is we seem to say, okay, I'm here and you're there and this is day and this is night. All of our normal behaviors are to actually place ourselves in space and time. And the key thing that's being shared here is that space and time have definite um, scientific principles. You know, there is a distance between Arizona and Sydney, there's um, a time difference in daylight between um, the sunshine I've got here and the nighttime that Rosemary's got. Looking at the next level, though, things can happen immediately is what the book is letting us know because that attachment to the all that is is not governed by space and time. So if you think it right now, it means that anything is, let's say anything is possible, but how do we make it probable and then how do we make it happen and when do we make it happen? So I looked up the difference between that word um, probable and possible. <laughs> possible tends to mean it might happen, but it's not that uh, likely. And probable is actually a word of a measure. You could say it's highly probable. You could say it's got a low probability. And what we're looking at here is something that in the quantum, as both Marianne and Trina touched on the beginning of that, you know, the science and how it moves. And then um, Joyce also gave us the electromagnetic field. So how we're thinking helps it get more probable So we've changed it from possible to probable and that that can happen immediately because, as you see, it's not about space or time. When there's a cloud of anything that can happen and if we interact with that a certain way, it doesn't have to take time. So that was the first thing that we're taken to, that this is beyond time and space. The next thing is to actually have it, You have to enter that space. And I can relate to times when I've um, thought it and thought it and thought it. This is like what um, has been shared about that experience that Joyce shared about the DNA unwinding or not unwinding when the person thought it and felt it. So this is really encouraging us to know. And we do. Um, we bring people over to the home and we have a lovely fire every time it's full moon. And when we do that, there's a time when people come with what they've written about what they'd like to let go, what they'd like to put in place. And Um, what they appreciate right now and in the what they'd like to put into the you know that next 28 days it's not just writing it we really go through how does that feel and we have this wonderful young person with us who says we're going to do the do it dance and he gets up by the fire and he shakes it all out and he wriggles it and everybody is lightened by that feeling and that's that how do you feel when that happens so that's part of Enter the field, enter that state, the science behind it. We need it to move. We need it to magnetise, not just the electron. So not just the thought, but the heart as well. And as Grandmother Parish mentioned, the Heart Math Institute as well. Have a look at that. Grow your knowledge of these sorts of things because it helps add to this science. And there was a time um, that in this we're saying our internal world matches our external world. So if you can get in that state, and as it's shared, quite often there'll be this. Oh, I can be appreciation is known as a really important thing. I appreciate this. I appreciate my family. I might appreciate this. Appreciate it's things that you've got. How do we move into appreciating the thought pattern, the lifestyle, whatever it might be? How do you appreciate it when it hasn't happened yet? To really know, and I, I with myself, I have to say, if I. I'm not liking what's inflowing to me, I have to change the outflow. And that leads to another part where it says there's this classic tendency to say, when, and for me, it's when I finish that project, I can then do that, or when that's done, or when that client is satisfied. For some people, it might be when I've finished something, I can exercise, or whatever it might be. There's the when. And this is letting us know that if we keep putting a when, It's not going to be right now. So we're putting it into the future. So when we're looking at this right now, it would be for me, and that's what I've looked at, it is how does it look when all the projects are up to date, the clients are happy, I've delivered well, how am I feeling and what am I doing? And that's then the feeling. It's not, oh, I'm going to feel so good when I've cleared this backlog because all I'm doing is filling my electromagnetic field with that feeling of, hey, there's a backlog. And so what does the universe do? Say, wow, you're transmitting really well that message. Let's give you more of that. So if I don't like what's inflowing, I know that I have to change the outflow. It wraps up with a beautiful story that I suggest reading in well. It's a couple of pages, but as a a parent, there's a key part here that Joe shares, that his agreement with his children is to teach, he's taught them this, and not to step in if they're 50% there or 70% there, not to say, oh, that's that's pretty good, yeah, that's similar. It's talking about a trip that his daughter wanted to do to Italy. That was completely manifest in alignment with her vision. But there was processes in there where there was something that was sort of similar. There was times when, hey, could you just lend me some money here because I could do that bit? Anything like that puts it into the normal, old-fashioned science. If you've got to do this, it puts it into space and time. So if you've put it into space and time, you then have to follow the principles of space and time, which is how am I going to get it done, rather than the universal outside of space and time, which is how does it look and feel? And that's what Joe shares with us to wrap up this beautiful bit that he, that he titles, um, and that, uh, Led by a Child. So that's that beautiful feeling. Feel it and know it and it happens. And I'd like to appreciate too the teachings that Grandmother Parish has given us around the moon cycle because as I mentioned there when we do the full moon, it's also can you hold that focus for at least the 28 days? Put yourself in the cycle of the universe. Put yourself in the cycle of the moon. Have a look. It's nearly full where we've just had full. It's a time now we can start growing things again to celebrate At the next moon cycle have those as your triggers to keep you active with it daily for consistency and that consistency reminded me of water we do a lot of wetland jobs how do you change the flow of water well you make a little flow and if you don't make it big enough the water goes down the old flow if you can make a big enough flow the water will divert and that's the new channel and then the water keeps flowing that way and so nature shows us we have to be persistent and put in energy To start with, then we have
1: the flow. Fantastic, Geraldine! Fantastic. And by the way, it was Joyce that brought up uh, the particular. um, What was it you just? Oh, the (laughs) DNA, the DNA one. No, she actually (laughs) talked about the institute. With she was. Oh yes, heart math institute. Heart math institute. Yeah. So basically, I'm so happy you brought in the feelings and the story that you shared. It's just so appropriate. Because this is where I watch people fail. This is where everybody comes to the, the sinkhole that can actually catch you up and, and totally almost suck up everything you've already felt that you've accomplished. Is because we don't take the time that it takes for us to get into the feeling. Okay, it's sort of like we, we try to speed it up and go through it. It's ac- actually languishing. Uh, laying in, rolling in, staying in that feeling that actually allows all of our cells and atoms to now take on the scene. And by the time we do that, we we want to just stay in that state for a while. And it's not it's it's the point of everything that Joe teaches in this book, and every teacher of change will teach you okay but it's when we get through with all of the details and do our diligence our due diligence which is the actions we have to take they're worth nothing if we cannot put the charge of feeling and energy of reality into them so in everything that we've talked about especially in this chapter the the message comes out real clear okay it's a process and i love how you brought up the moon cycles okay the, if you the moon cycles don't just resemble a physical phenomena that happens on a very timely base it's about how the flow and the frequency and the wave of the universe is moving and when we allow ourselves to be in that flow not resist it to okay with the aging process the the mental and the physical resistance level that we go through outside of it tears down all the possibility of health and and well-being and happiness, okay? So that when we allow ourselves to get past man's need to have altered and tried very hard to be disruptive to that. The clock on your wall is disruptive. Definitely the calendar on your wall is totally insane. Okay. So when you start really looking at how successful, okay, what I will call the lizards have been at actually infected and affecting how we fall out of rhythm and rhyme with the universe By following these overriding situations that that your whole day is made over. Okay, you get up in the morning out of out of flow. You end up at night out of flow. Even your sleeping cycle is out of flow. So when you actually start looking at that, you have uh, the whole day, as long as you're in those particular frequencies, your whole day is off your whole day. You're 24 hours, now your whole week, now your whole month, now your whole life, okay? So it's a matter of while you're breaking the habit of being yourself, you pull yourself out of the system that is purposely there to apprehend you and have actually kept you and the generations with you ahead of you in a state of ignorance and not knowing and in sorrow and suffering. Today, in making uh, a particular arrangement for someone who's very close to me and I love, in fact, very close to the co host and me that I love, that's facing a real serious situation in their life and in the work that I've done in all my life, okay, and especially presently with starting a whole new business, actually moving toward tech medicine, which is actually understanding how technology can heal, okay, that I am aware of, that there are tons, hundreds, thousands of people who have developed cures for illnesses like cancer, okay, dementia, any any of the serious life-robbing diseases. There are healings for that. There are there are cures for that. And that the system that keeps you on that wall calendar and on the face of that clock. They don't let you know that these are out there because see, they would be science evolving. They would be the greater intelligence of what quantum has opened up for us. But it's there. And we have to hide these people. We have to protect these people. We have to make sure that they don't end up missing, disappearing or having some unexpected heart attack or whatever. And so when, when I'm arranging that, taking care of that, of course, part of that was today, and I realize tonight is our, our program, our book club, and we're going to be talking about these things. Then this program even becomes more important to me, because we need you to hear this, that you are entitled by birth, wealth, health, and happiness. That's your entitlement. And that that has been taken by no, no permission of yourself away from you away from us as mass public because we so willingly listen and absorb something that we think is better than us more credible than us or smarter or whatever. We allow them that authority and this is what this is about. This is having to change in order to break the habits of being yourself. The threat here to that particular group of intelligence is that you'll outsmart them and that you'll soon see through the fact that their control measures does not control you unless you give it permission, unless you agree to it. So when you get into like the moon cycles, and like Geraldine said, the moon cycles takes you into daily following things and you begin to see how much of that day can you stay Within the natural realm of flow and energy, because it attracts, it has magnetics in it that will bring to you what you're feeling. So you wanna you wanna work at making sure that you're looking at things that make you feel happy. On one of the occasions of when I was listening and uh, at a program uh, that was talking about black holes and stuff, one of the things that the presenter made to a point is that. Every day we have to be in control and in control means we have to be observant of ourselves and in being observant of ourselves, we must take on the role of who we want to be. So therefore introduce yourself as that person, hear yourself, see what kind of statue you're holding, what kind of body position are you emanating the importance of who you are and begin to play that role. And part of that role is for you to feel natural in it. We were born into the nature of health, wealth, and happiness. We were born into the nature of it. And only by environmental influence does that change. And environmental influence is easily changed. How Marianne in the beginning, talking about her patients and her practice and how she uses this and everything, everything the co-hosts have shared with you, trina breaking down the chemistry and the actual projection of the science and the energy all of this is part of that and we live it it isn't something that we have come to do it is something that we have made the way we live and it's not easy to live and have that to say that in a world where everybody does a day runner and follows you know 31 days And it's not easy in a world where everybody looks at the clock instead of the sun. Okay. And it's not easy to understand how the seasonal change actually goes with the phases of how our body changes. We become more nocturnal in the winter. It isn't just the cold. It's actually the very nature of our physical atoms that change. So there are certain things where greater and easily can uh, uh, actually come to effect when we're in those places. How, how have we studied ourselves and observed ourselves to see the kind of being that we are and how we actually go through that seasonal calendar all by ourselves to actually know that you awaken because your brain begins to actually show the sun has come up the vibration and the impact of the light hitting wherever you're at even if you're in a house has effects on you are you aware of them you know how many times do you look at the clock and say oh my god it's not time i got another two hours okay that isn't a problem yeah if you've got if you can sleep till eight o'clock instead of six o'clock that's great take those couple of hours but i guarantee you're not going to fall solid asleep again you can do lucid dreaming and stuff, so the things will come up because our brain is attuned to this nature. And we are actually opposing our own brain to live in these particular fake kind of environmental setups. So as we go through this book and, and the co-hosts keep sharing with you the different things, remember this key, keyword, feeling, please put feeling as top priority, because unless you're feeling it, it's a waste of time. Unless you're taking time to actually allow yourself to bring those feelings up and enjoy them. The story that Geraldine told, I mean, her, his daughter wanted to do Italy. She even got a job working in an Italian restaurant where they spoke Italian and made Italian food. Okay. So there are things that we can physically do to put ourselves into an environmental point of assistance and so just remember all that as we're going through it and I agree with Trina this is a time you will truly benefit by buying the book and following along with us with that Joe does a tremendous amount of graphs and illustrations in the book so please get that and share that with us I'd like to turn over to some of the co-hosts. Are there anything else that you would like to share or something that you're aware of?
3: Yeah, this is Trina. And I, I would love to share a couple things that that happen that relate to this. And one was an experience that I had yesterday. And it talks, it really speaks of how much the body rules. And I'm working on a project that I needed to create some documents for and it took me like 12 hours to create them. And I got an email yesterday that said, we need you to add more information. And immediately I felt this come up in me where there was a frustration. I got upset. I could, I could just feel it rising up in me. And I stopped and went, what is that? Because this is a big Um, game changer for me for this whole project to go through and I immediately like stopped because I noticed what was going on and I said okay I have to change this Um, I'm falling back into the old into you know and it's an old pattern it's in my cells it's in it's something from experiences that I had so I um, I first I had to like take a deep breath and then I sat and closed my eyes and I started to imagine what it's going to look like when this whole project is finished. And then I said, okay, I got a break. And I went and I got flowers <laughs> and I started playing in the dirt and started getting really excited about the beauty of things and how nice it, it is and how beautiful the world is. And I, I knew I needed to shift the energy in me and not fall into that pattern. And it was just such an amazing um, experience to like switch. And then I could sit down, I could do the work again. I got it done. I got it out. And there wasn't any of that heaviness that had been there before. Um, the second story is really short, but it's like how quick we fall into judgment by past experiences that we have. And we, I had a couple of my grandchildren, we went out to eat and they wanted to eat pancakes. And my grandson was like, oh, I want to put ketchup on my pancakes. And he pours all this ketchup on there. And someone at the table went, yuck. That's really gross. Like quick judgment. And my granddaughter turned around and said, you don't yuck on someone's yum. <laughs> and it like stopped everyone. And I was like, what are you saying? And she said, you don't yuck on someone's yum. Just because you like this one thing doesn't mean someone else doesn't like something different so like she just she brought out this whole thing around the judgments that we hold from the experiences that we have in like a split second with you know, yuck on someone's yum and I I just I just loved it it was just I just wanted to share it with all with everybody
1: because um use that I'm gonna use that Trina I'm gonna use (laughs) that (laughs) it's great yeah But two examples of how
3: past experiences or things immediately, you just have to be aware of when it comes up in you. It's just so important. If you really, really, really want to break your habits, then you really have to become aware of what shows up.
1: But it also shows me because I've watched you through a very painful transition from what was to what is and how, how real it becomes that you can observe yourself because it is a key that others must hear and and understand it is when we actually come to the kind of situation you're sharing with us those are the realities of when we know we're consciously moving okay when we become conscious of consciously seeing then we have entered a realm to where there are so many doors open and it was real good to hear you sharing that because that is that is where we can say we have arrived and this is where the platform is that takes off in many, many directions, okay? So that's really, really good You share that. Thank you for that. Anybody else have particular open or opening times? We have about 10 minutes here, so come on, share some.
2: I love that, Trina, because it really also made me see like, everyone's individual experience how important that is and how do we know what's yuck and yum for somebody else like it's (laughs) reality right individual of themselves so I love that release of that that's good I noticed like with um I was just reflecting on what are some of the challenges and blocks to, to this particular work with particularly with clients who have had really heavy trauma but I mean this comes up for everybody it's like Um, when you read this information people think this can't apply to them because their situation has been worse or harder or everyone else's reality looks easier than their reality and and the truth is yes it can be really challenging to overcome let go of some really heavy programming and painful experiences but the key in the principle is still the same It's still how much energy do you put into the new reality and do the work to release the old programs and the old emotional charge in the nervous system so there's room for the new to come in. Um, And and how do we know what another person's experience is, is anyway? Ultimately, we've just got our own to clear. So, you know, I really have compassion for many of my clients who feel just over, I mean, I've put lots of people onto this particular work and not all of them have been able to take it up because of the heaviness of their history, but still the principle's is the same. We've just got to do the, put the time into the shift and the new feelings and the new reality and it unfolds.
1: Yes, it is really, really good. I also hope that uh, our listeners are uh, paying attention to the impact I just brought in as far as black holes. Please check in to Nassim Harriman's work on the black hole because once you begin for me the black hole and all that has emerged as a black hole answers so so many questions that i've had since a little girl walking with my Cherokee grandmother because there'd be so much that was happening and that in the regular what i would consult consider mass society i couldn't see it and people weren't aware of it and everything but there especially in Indigenous people who have actually made sure they stay very traditional and not allowed themselves to get involved with modernation, the modern world and things They're like the Hopi, and there are a few definitely uh, native people who have will not actually connect to what we consider mm-hmm. the tech world and everything else. They stay true to a detachment and a connection they have with nature that is very real and very superior to our very, uh, what I would consider jaded reality. And when, when they do that, the black hole explains them like everything else that we see, even this work that we're talking, you're talking about head work. You're talking about working the head, not the heart. And as health, uh, what we were discussing for health map, the reality of what they have is that the neurons in our heart actually outnumber the neurons in our brain and so basically most of what the the body is doing like that automatic system the automated flow of life and how we're actually our hearts beating we're breathing and everything else those are the neurons of the heart not the head it's the heart that commends the very performance of the body. And it's the heart that actually has the connection to what you're seeking when you want to be a universal being. And so it's through the black hole that we find that once you play with this personality stuff that we're discussing and breaking the habit, you want to then know that you're moving toward the greater, the greater awareness and consciousness by knowing yourself as what we say that you are the field. You are the universe. Our body proves that, that we are the universe. It's actually created in the very patterns and the knowledge of the universe. The way medicine is moving, as soon as we accept that we're already attached to what charges, renews, and furnishes the energy we call life, then we'll know that we're definitely plugged in to the world that we live in as a universe, not just a planetary existence. The black hole is doing that, and the black hole will actually give us the authority to be as God is, and that's where you're headed as far as working through this material. This is one oh one. This is consciousness one oh one. But you are headed for consciousness one thousand ten. So you really want to play. Get it is get to this as serious as you can, and then, like I said at first it probably will make no sense at all to you but if you just stay patient and listen all of a sudden connections start being made because those neurons begin to fit in place in the head because the heart will lead it and that's when you begin to understand yourself as an eternal being and actually understanding the temporary state of body mind and so Definitely there's windows and doors on the other side of this that will take you to a place that, where you will understand that life never ends and that your spirit is eternal. So let's definitely get on with that move and check on that Nassim Harman. And there are other, there's definitely other scientists as you study with Nassim. He gives great recognition to other people in the field working on that and definitely shares that. Not an egotistical person at all anybody else? I think we have time for at least one more comment. I
4: have a comment for any listener who is in a position that I was in five years ago when you grandmother sat with us and told us we are energy and we're this tiny little particle of matter. I had, uh, I don't know whether the word would be disbelief, but total confusion. So today I did some really deep thinking about that because I am determined to get past this barrier of thinking I don't know I'm energy. So the two things that I realized have been um, obstacles for me is one, a real strong desire to be able to control everything in my life. And I'm starting to realize how totally absurd that is and doesn't allow me to move where I want to get to. So that was huge. The other thing was I recognized I have also had a craving for sameness. For for people to be similar to me, to, to have life be predictable, to a lot of those things still under control. So I was sitting outdoors and I was looking up at the tree and I realized with all that Grandmother has emphasized about our fingerprints all being unique. I know because I used to press leaves for cards. I know that every leaf is different on my tree and it suddenly opened up this huge understanding. Why would I want there to be sameness? Because when I used to press those leaves, it was delightful making the cards because they were all slightly different shapes. The maple leaves were all slightly different colors. So I came out of my day-to-day celebrating that I have moved from that place when grandmother told me, told us that we're only this tiny, minute particle And that we're all energy. And I thought, well, I have no idea what energy is. Today, I got the first step.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. And the tree is a perfect example. Everybody ought to sit under the tree and study it and learn. That's fantastic, Joyce. And I remember, I still have some of those cards, you know. I treasure them and I'm very stingy with them because you don't make them anymore. So I keep a certain selection. And if you receive a card. That actually has been made by Joyce. It's very fortunate because I am very, very, very definitely fugal with them. I don't give them away easily. So, yes, I agree with that. And uh, I think it's at this time we can say goodbye. I would like everybody to please send some prayers for our co-host, Mike Delar, that's not with us. He is facing some definite life changes. And any energy of love and happiness you could send his way would be much appreciated. And for all of you, my beautiful hosts, I actually say have a beautiful week and know that the summer is here and it's time for fruition. So bring to fruit and completion all of the dreams that you have. I love you very much. And it's always wonderful for us to meet in time space like this. Meanwhile, you have a wonderful week. OCO.
0: Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.